still across the, uh, the Tasman and Melbourne, though, is our next guest, Justin Marshall. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Justin. Uh, how's Melbourne? Good morning, Smithy. Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, it's really nice, actually. It's a fantastic, sport. it's a fantastic sporting city, isn't it? Um, like, uh, I've had, had the, obviously, the super round here with the rugby over the weekend. And in the meantime, um, yesterday, there was a huge AFL game on uh, between uh, Essendon and Collingwood, which I found out um, they had a crowd of 84,000. In fact, I was one of that 84,000, which is the biggest crowd um, in a gathering like that since 2019. And then the Warriors played last night as well. So, yep, mm. sporting mecca of the world, this place. Okay, so uh, before we get on to the rugby, how did you find the AFL as a, a game to watch live? I never have, but they say it's a, a, a real spectacle. Well, like you, until yesterday, I never had either. And all the chat was to get along and watch it live because it's a completely different game uh, than what you see on TV. And they were absolutely right. I've seen the odd snippet of it on TV, but to go and watch it live, you just get a better appreciation for the space and what they're trying to achieve. And... Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed the game. Enjoyed uh, watching the, the, the way that it's like a game of chess, really, where you're trying to manipulate your way down the field to then try and get the maximum, which is the goal. And um, you know, you get a. Uh, you also understand sort of what sort of athlete there are as well. The amount of ground that they cover. Um, just a really brief story. When we were here in 2003 with the Rugby World Cup, we we're based in Melbourne for five weeks, and we trained at Collingwood. Uh, and I remember us being in the gym and some of those guys would turn up to do their training and they were on the treadmill running 10Ks, mate, to warm up. <laughs> we were looking at them thinking, <laughs> what are these guys up to? But you understand why now because I think you know, some of them run sort of 7, 8K before half time. Mm. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Rugby-wise, though, uh, how did Melbourne react to uh, five games of rugby uh, over the course of three nights? Yeah, really well. Um, yeah, there, there are such a huge amount of Kiwis here too. That's what was really noticeable to me. Um, in fact, I was doing sideline for uh, the Hurricanes versus the Chiefs game. And I was just sitting down there sort of uh, basically watching the game. It was really noticeable to me. The stand that was behind me was a Hurricane stand <laughs> full of like New Zealanders. So I think probably in terms of Melbourne as a sporting city, this is an AFL town, uh, town and it also is a rugby league uh, town with the Storm being so dominant and such a great side and well-supported. Uh, so in general, I think if quite a few locals came along and watched it out of interest, um, and also the Rebels being based here, their core group of crowd came along to get a chance to see the rest of the rugby teams. But the most, most of the people that were here, I think, were rugby people um, from New Zealand or who had travelled down a bit. OK, let's look at uh, the games uh, as they... They went through just a, a brief sort of summary of each of them. The Chiefs, in the end, uh, too powerful for the Waratahs, 51-27, ran away on them in the end. Yeah, they did. Look, it doesn't help when you get to away to a, a pretty average start, which they did, um, being reduced to 13 men um, against New Zealand sides. Aussie teams simply cannot afford for that to happen to them. And the Chiefs piled a few points on during that period, but... I think it's probably good to see that the, the Waratahs this year, which I think has been very evident in all their games, have got a bit of character in their side. Um, a lot of young players, but also some experienced players. Uh, the likes of Jake Gordon, who I thought had a really good game, stood up. Um, but ultimately, I think really, Smithy, when I watched the game, I thought 
when the Chiefs probably really needed to go up a gear, they had that gear to go up. Um, yeah, as much as the Waratahs stayed in the fight, um, you kind of got the feeling that they always had the firepower and the ability to win that game when they needed to, the Chiefs. And uh, I think the right result uh, happened on the day. And again, given the start the Waratahs, the Waratahs had, um, they were never probably going to be able to make up that ground. So the Blues 35, uh, the Fijian drew uh, 18. What? wouldn't say that's a, a real blowout scoreline. Uh, overall, the Blues' performance, would Leon McDonald be with happy with that on the backup after that excellent performance against the Crusaders? The other point is, how would you think the Fijian Druha compares at the moment compared to Moana Pacifica? They're, they're equally as impressive, I thought. And Look, I, I was um, very well aware of the fact that they had been better than many thought that they would be but leading into the Blues game who, you know, at the top of the table and given their performance, as you rightly mentioned against the Crusaders, I thought this is probably going to be at least a 50 point um, game for the, for the Blues, that they would put, put pile a lot of points on them but I thought Bowden Barrett spoke really well after the game, I thought what, what he had to say was bang on, he said look hey we knew what to expect, we knew well, what it's like playing this Fijian style uh, of game plan um, he said we struggled with it a bit with the All Blacks the year before, he said in that environment and he said I think we sort of struggled again today um, but you know we knew that what, what we were going to face and what we were prepared for but it's hard to prepare for it because they have that spontaneity and the way that they play that you know that it's so unpredictable that you can't be fully prepared I think they were called out by the physicality particularly at the breakdown and in the contact area, they didn't win that um, in a nutshell, no, I don't think Leon will be happy because they just didn't help themselves, the Blues. They they, they spilt a bit of ball. Um, they didn't front up physically when they needed to. They kept inviting the drawer into the game. And when you when he, when he sits down and analyses it, he'll go, thank God we basically got two intercepts um, because they were the difference. AJ Lamb got basically an intercept. The ball dribbled along the ground from a poor pass. He scooped it up, run 70 metres. And then Rico got an intercept. That's 14 points. Um, you take those off the scoreboard, and that's a tight game. OK, let's uh, look at uh, the one you're on the sideline for. You just mentioned Hurricanes and the Reds, 30 to 17. Reds, 17 nil at one point. Hurricanes, 30 unanswered points uh, in reply to that. So Artie got them going in the end. It's a good point you make. Like, I was thinking to myself, that, that, that good old cliche, and it, it really did come back to haunt the Reds of don't poke the bear. Um, when, when Artie Sabir got hit high tackled after Queensland dominating the game, um, he got hit pretty high and he wasn't very happy about it. From there on in, the game completely changed, and, and his presence was immense. But others stepped up as well. I thought TJ Piranara was really good, uh, great leadership, and his game really went up a level. Uh, and across the board, the likes of Baylen Sullivan was very good. Um, the Ford pack really fronted, got, got uh, rolled up this season, got stuck in. And, yeah, the Reds didn't get an opportunity to score again after that. It looked like it was going to be a difficult afternoon for the Hurricanes, and they were going to do well not to avoid a, a bit of humiliation. But they just completely turned the game around. And Artie was a catalyst for that. And, and it wasn't only the way he played, it was also his captaincy, you know, he... He smelt opportunities when they were there just before half-time. They decided not to, to take a very kickable three, went for the line-out, subsequently scored off that. I think Lomax went over. The Reds just had no answer. The, the, the minute that the Hurricanes um, 
started dominating the game physically and toughened up, the Reds didn't know where to go. They started spilling the ball. They played in the wrong areas and didn't have an answer. So, yeah, as much as you can't say it's a one-man band, I certainly thought that Artie was inspirational in this game. Brumbies uh, 28, Highlanders uh, 17. So uh, they couldn't catch up again this time. And now they have uh, an unenviable record, Justin, of one mm. from eight. But unbelievably, uh, a couple of wins in their right and playoff hunt, the, uh, the Highlanders. Yeah, and that's the nature of this competition. You know, that, that they still have an opportunity. And look, I, I certainly feel Tony Brown's pain. The, the injuries that he's got at the moment, no other squad have got that many key players out, um, which doesn't help. And it doesn't help the balance and the flow and the rhythm, rhythm and most importantly, your confidence. When you're, when you're looking outside, you're inside you and you're seeing different faces each week. So it doesn't, it doesn't help to galvanise a team when, when you're constantly having to make changes, which he had to do again for the Brumbies game. But right, right from the get-go, the Brumbies, you know, they are a good outfit. Um, they're very well drilled. They've got lots of Wallabies, you know, Wallaby, Wallaby inside backs with Nick White and, and uh, Lola Seal. Uh, firepower out wide um, with the likes of Tom Wright and um, guys out there, you know, given that they're missing banks as well. So, yeah, they're, very, they're a very good side and they'll, they'll cause some problems for, for a lot of the New Zealand teams. Um, they'll have to play well to beat them. But equally, the Highlanders... They just need to find their mojo. Like you said, they, they, they can still get there. Um, but, look, they've got a tough task. They've got to go to Suva and play that Fiji inside. Mm. And I can tell you now, all the chat around um, this Fiji inside, and I spoke to Mick Byrne too. I happened to catch um, up with him uh, during the week, was there was huge anticipation and massive excitement about this first ever game of Super Rugby with the Fiji inside. It's not... Highlanders Chiefs actually uh, playing in Suva, you know, for mm. the first time. It's going to be feverish atmosphere over there, so it doesn't get any easier for poor old Tony Brown and the Highlanders. No, that's, I mean, that, that is a, a horrible prospect in mind, isn't it, really, when you've, you've got a, a mm. side that's hurting physically, they're a bit sore as well, and just knowing that that is waiting for you in about five days' time, good God, how do you look forward to that? You don't look forward to it, <laughs> and, and different di- different conditions either, Smithy, because no. you know they'll, they'll go they'll go over there to that humidity. You know, be thirty plus degrees, and you know different style of of the way that you have to play the game and adjust to that. And then, like I said, then there's this. You know, if you think that the, 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 the you, you can tell that the draw are up for that game against the Blues, their body language and their enthusiasm levels were. Um, in, incredibly uh, heightened and the energy levels were very good. Imagine them running out in front of their home people in Suva. <laughs> Man, yes. I, I, I don't know how you get ready for that at all. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, Crus- <laughs> Crusaders 42, Rebels 17. Uh, pretty, fairly predictable result for you? Fairly predictable, yeah. And the Crusaders got everything out of that game that they needed to. Um, they, they didn't suffer any Injuries, which is good, so so no stress on the depth of their squad. Um, the Rebels, once they lost to Omoa, we're, we're always going to struggle because you know he's one of the key guys that gets them into the right positions, makes good decisions. Uh, didn't help them in that regard. Um, the Crusaders were always the favourites for a reason. I think they were always going to win that game. It was just about how much by and and how they were going to achieve it, but. Razor won't be happy with the way they achieved it. Like the, the, the performance 
when it needed to be, when they needed to find something, a bit like the Blues, they found it, they found their rhythm, and they just looked like they could score with consummate ease. But to, to go through the majority of that game, I think you know they, the, the made a, a amount of handling errors that they made in that in that match was was terrible. It wasn't a great game, Smithy. Like, I think there was something like twenty six handling errors and mistakes, and the Rebels fell off. Near, near on 40 tackles so wow. in terms in terms of a spectacle it, it, it had its moments but yeah I certainly know and you could tell spoke to Razor after the game and said you know hmm, expect better than that they that, that, they bombed yeah. so many tries in the first half as well that look, they got what they want out of it he's going to I would brush that game but when they review it this morning they're in Coogee at the moment in Sydney I would just say hey mm-hmm. boys when we're just going to bin that game and look forward to what we're doing this week because you're not going to get anywhere apart from pointer, uh, finger pointing, and that's no good and not healthy. And that's uh, just finally, really, before we, we let you go, mate, um, uh, just looking forward to a couple of those matchups this weekend. We've talked about the Fijian draw at Highlanders, it's uh, of course in Fiji. Crusaders, as you say, in uh, Sydney now uh, against the, Warata, uh, the Waratahs. So, you kind of thing on, on the evidence of what we've seen here. Um, whether they'll, whether the key for me is whether the Australian sides will get better or not as this as, as these matchups continue. That that's to me is the key if they've closed the gap at all. Yeah, really valid point that you make. It's yeah, it's very very evident to me that there certainly has been a, a lift in their skill set and their physicality levels are better. They didn't get as bullied as much as I thought that they would by by the New Zealand, in particular, the Ford Packs. Um, so that's a good sign. Uh, obviously, the, the tempo would have been slightly different um, because the way that New Zealand teams play and the speed of ruck that they have, um, I thought that the Australian teams would get a little bit caught out by that, and they were to a degree, but not massively. So in general, most of them were competitive, but yes... That, 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 that's the only time that they've got to, to have, have a look at that, get a feel for it, understand the way the New Zealand teams play and the skill set. They can't afford to sit back and go, oh, we'll get there by round three in this amalgamation. It needs to happen now. And it'll be fascinating to see where the teams like, you say, the Waratahs will be playing at home. I think they're playing at the SCG, actually, uh, which would be quite cool. Mm. Oh, no, they're playing at Leichhardt, sorry. They're playing at Leichhardt over. Okay. Um, Will, will, will be really interesting. And, uh, you know, across the board, you know, the Brumbies are at home as well. Um, yeah, they, they, they need to get up to speed real quick, as do the, the Reds, who were off the mark, and they've been looking really good. Justin Marshall, as always, uh, fantastic to catch uh, up with you uh, this morning. Enjoy Melbourne, uh, or wherever, wherever your destination. Uh, where are you heading to for, for this weekend's games? Um, yeah, I'm heading off to Sydney today um, and uh, just uh, being based in Sydney for the weekend. Uh, all the games, again, as you mentioned, uh, what well, one's in Fiji, the rest of them are here in Australia. So no rugby for the second week in a row in New Zealand. So um, I'm going to be in Sydney just uh, helping out on Sky Sports' behalf um, with Stan. Uh, so looking forward to a, another good week. Uh, in fact, Smitty, I'm going to Coogee as well. Um, Thankfully, mate, and uh, the council and every person wandering around, could you be happy? Uh, I didn't know I was going to be going there, and so I didn't pack my budgie smugglers, so uh, be good. <laughs> I'll just have board shorts on strolling around the beach, mate. Well, there's a lovely little hotel right on the corner there. I'm probably telling you things anyway, but uh, it's got a lovely uh, corner window, 
um, on a nice day where you can have a nice cup of coffee and just take in the atmosphere of Coogee. I've managed to do it on a couple of occasions. Uh, and then COVID hit, so that was my last memory. Uh, mate, enjoy, enjoy Coogee. It's a lovely place, and uh, look forward to hearing your commentary next, next week, mate. Thank you. Thanks, buddy.